You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. Good morning. Again, uh, continue to pray for Pastor Curtis. And I'm the substitute, so... Yeah, today is March 18th. Let's see, does this work? Do I point? Do I turn it on? On. This side? Ooh, it works. So last week we had our was a our brother uh, who spoke last week. So actually, yeah, there's this book that's out. It's called Not a Fan. So that means that you guys are fans or are spectators. A fan is just watches, right? So yeah, you're watching me, but I'm watching you. But I want to have a participant. So actually. I'm going to have some of the youth help, but then I'm going to ask also you guys to help me out as well. So last week our speaker talked about a little bit about Lent, right? But he also spoke about narrow and and the blank of the cross. Anyone remember? Paradox, right? Okay, so Lent. So we talked about Lent, or he did, right? And he talked about part of Lent, you give up things. And some of the things that you do for Lent. I mean, we you, normally, as we're not Catholics, but Catholics or ecumenical churches, they usually participate in Lent. But we don't do that much. But... You know, we want to learn something about it. Okay, so the word Lent. Okay, I have two clickers here. Okay. This one says, okay, so it comes from these places once upon a time. So the word has a meaning. And it means springtime or a lengthening. So there's also this thing called Ash Wednesday. Okay. So how does Ash Wednesday relate to Lent? Anyone know? Okay, I'll give you a hint. Ooh. So is, has anyone ever did this? Put the ash? Okay. Well, anyway, so people who participate in Lent, Ash Wednesday is the starting of Lent. And it basically ends when? Easter. 
Okay. So it's the beginning of Lent. Okay, so once upon a time, this council of Nicaea in 325, they kind of, at this time, they were a lot of false teachings. So they wanted to unify the various practices. So at this point, they established, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to try to put everything together so we could all be on the same page. And so doing this, they were pretty strict in what they had to do in, in terms of uh, rules and regulations, how to be, to do this Lent. Okay, so part of this ash. And traditionally, in the, what they've done in the past was they would use the palm trees because next week is Palm Sunday, right? So they would burn the palm trees from the previous year and use the ash, then that's where, you know, People who use that, I guess the, the priest would use the ash and he would do that cross thing on, on a forehead. But they get that from this verse in Genesis 3.19. So it's 40 days from the start of Lent, from you know Ash Wednesday to Easter time. So you go backwards. So it's hard to go backwards in time, right? So they decided to do this 40 days. So in the Bible, 40 days represent, anyone know? Okay, 40 days, like Moses went on Mount Sinai, right, for 40 days. Then Elijah went on Mount Horeb for 40 days. Then before, when Jesus started his ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness, right? Fasted in prayer. So again, this 40 days is for preparation, you know, and then the final day is Easter, or we would call it Resurrection Day. So part of the Lent, there's a few things to do, okay? It's a time for prayer, time for fasting, and time for service to do good works. So during this time, you're supposed to grow. So beginning, well, they, they had a lot of strict regulations. So fasting was you only eat once a day. You know, that's kind of hard. And you're not supposed to eat meat, right? So eventually, things got laxed. Then the people started, okay, you can only eat. You could do it on just, you know, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. So things got a little easier. And, and by the way, you can eat fish on Fridays. So that's how that tradition happened. So basically, we are to let go to allow God to help you grow. Okay. So here we have the disciples. Okay, they were, you know, Jesus' followers, right? They spent their time with him. Almost about three years, right? So they probably, you know, knew Jesus quite quite well. They probably knew what he liked, and you know where where his favorite place to pray, and even you know what hymn or songs he liked to sing. So Jesus makes a good impression on them. So Jesus is the greatest miracle man. 
So we remember his first miracle, right? He goes to this wedding, and they run out of something, right? They ran out of drinks. So they come to him. Come on, Jesus. Give us some more boba. No, we know that's not right. You know, basically he turned the water into wine. And it was good stuff. I, I don't know what that means, right? Because I don't drink. So I don't know if, if the taste was good or was alcohol, the content was really good. Did they get a buzz? I don't know. But they said the wine was good. So they were impressed, the disciples. He even healed a royal official's son. So crowds became bigger. They wanted to see Jesus. Then even you know, more people came to see Jesus. Then they had this, uh, another miracle. You know, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. You know, two fish and five loaves. Well, it's, it's barley loaves, right? But I would say, you know, Jesus served fish tacos. You know, he has his food truck come, but, you know, it didn't happen that way. So basically, with children and women, it was about 15, you know, 10 to 15,000. So anyone ever been to the Stable Center? Okay, it holds about 20,000, 19 to 20,000. So it didn't feel quite, you know, you could feed probably like 70, 80% of the people there with fish tacos. So again, Jesus makes an impression, but he also makes a prediction. And this prediction is in Luke 9.22. And it says, And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day be raised to life. So, you know, the disciples are, you know, with Jesus. But now they hear this. It's kind of like, wow. I mean, they see all the miracles and all the healings. But when Jesus says this, it's kind of like, uh-oh, what now? Because it's kind of like a, a surprising kind of thing because he's doing all these good things, but now he, he talks about his death. It's kind of like, you know, they were all excited, but, you know, seeing all the, what they saw and experience what they saw, but now he, they hear him say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be handed over and I'm going to die. So it's kind of like hitting a brick wall. So it's kind of like they were learning, and, and all of a sudden they hear Jesus predicts about his death. And it's kind of like, okay, what, what now? What, what are we going to do? So, yeah, what are they going to do? And how, how are they going to respond to Jesus' his prediction about his death? So we're going to be learning about three different things about flying rocks, crying rocks, and rolling rocks. Okay, first of all, we'll start with the flying rocks. Okay, I'm going to help. I'm going to read the, the black, and you can read the blue verses. So in John 8, 49 to 53, I'm not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father and you 
dishonor me. Verily I say, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? You are not 50 years old, they, they said to him. And you've seen Abraham? At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. So here, when I say flying rocks, okay, this is basically capital punishment. So, you know, if you read the Old Testament, there are certain rules and regulations, and basically this is the death penalty. And if you break these particular laws, they're going to have the elders, and they're going to come and stone you. So if you blaspheme, and this is what Jesus was guilty of, was blasphemy because he was equating himself with God. But some of the other laws would be like adultery, kids who are rebellious. That, that's a capital crime. Working on the Sabbath, idolatry. So again, there's a, a few on the list that these are capital crimes. So if you get caught, they're going to get the elders, then you're going to bring you to the edge of town and I'm going to have some of my helpers. The youth is going to, they're going to help me. So he, Paul, he did something of, he, he, he did something naughty. So these four guys here, they're, they're the elders. So they're going to, demonstrate what it is to stone. Wow, so many? Well, I don't know what they do, you know. So, I mean, you could try to run. I don't know if that's that's part of the rule or not, or you just got to sit there and take it. Oh, so you guys are having good aim. Okay. I don't know. Can you throw back? Maybe you could throw back. But again, you know, this is paper, but I have the real thing here. Here. Here, catch, 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 catch. Ready? Okay. I mean, they're not going to do it, but even if they would drop it on him, I mean, just using gravity, that would be pretty painful, right? But then, you know, using force, okay, I'm, yeah, you better not do it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, again, so. You know, as follower of Jesus, you know, they, they, they see what happens to Jesus, and they might be put in the same situation. And, 
you know, today, you know, being a Christian, you know, we're made fun of, we're harassed and whatnot. We're insulted for his, his sake. So again, the, the disciples had to think about being a follower in, in, up to this. Okay, carrying rocks. So, that, well, yeah, that, that's a rock. Okay, it's crying. Okay, so now we're going to jump to Luke. Luke chapter 19. So I'll read the, the black and you can read the blue. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuild your disciples. Okay. So again, you know, Jesus has this confrontation with the Pharisees. They're always there to, you know, do something. So they don't agree with Jesus. They're going to come and say, hey, Jesus, you know, you're doing something wrong here. So, but now here, you know, this is what they tell him. You guys, you need to hush up your your guys here. You know, you got to keep them quiet. So let's read some of the verses before it. Okay, verse 37. So when he came near the place where the road goes down to Mount Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. So again, next week is Palm Sunday. So this is where Jesus enters Jerusalem. This is his triumphal entry. So he comes, he's on the donkey. Typically, like a king would normally use, like a you know, a, not not a donkey. They would use a, you know, a, you, you can envision like a white horse. You know, there's a, like a sign of victory. But here, Jesus comes humbly on a little donkey. So basically, this they're actually rocks cheering. So. If these, if if the crowds weren't praising Jesus, you know, he was telling the disciples, well, the disciples, if they don't say anything, you know, these rocks would cry out and they would praise God. You hear that? You hear anything? <laughs> well, you guys need to praise God, right? So praising God is a, a good thing. So despite the Pharisees saying, no, you, sh- you guys got to quiet down, but we need to just continue to praise God. So I'm going to have some other volunteers. We're going to read some verses here. So in the Bible, the Bible teaches how we can praise God. So number one, who has number one? Can you stand, stand up, please? All right. Number two. Three, four. All right, and fifth, five. All right. 
So here, so these crying rocks are not crying like in sadness. They're, they will be crying out to praise God. Okay, we're going to move on to our next one. Rolling rocks. Well, actually, it's, I should say it's rolling rock. So now we turn to Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 to 61. Okay, I'll read the black and you guys, you guys can read the blue. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. So again, here it's kind of like, so the disciples now, you know, it's kind of like they're hope they're they're starting to scatter. So they, you know, after you know Jesus, you know, they pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, they they kind of, they're arresting Jesus. You know, they they have their altercation, but yet, you know, the disciples start to scatter. So their hope seems to be, you know, they, they, it disappears, and their hope is, 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 is vanishing. So, yeah, so, uh-oh, so it's kind of like, what are you going to do now? So we see, okay, the tomb. Okay, if you go on the Internet and, and there's different images, so, yeah, what is what was this? big stone. So was it circular or was it rectangular? Because, you know, the opening is rectangular. But again, you, you, you would think because it's round, yeah, it's, it's, it, you can roll it. But then there's this other idea where it's, it's like a cork. You know, it kind of fits into that opening there. So again, I, I, I'm, I'm not an expert you know, they, they use, you know, archaeology to look at history. But again, you know, it's kind of like humanly, it would be difficult to move it away. So again, it, it's moving. So, so in two weeks, you know, we have Resurrection Sunday. So there's this quote, the stone was rolled away from the tomb not to let Jesus out, but to let the world in. So again, we need to have faith. So a faith to move mountains. So this is a, I think this is, I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, how, how do you move this big mountain? Or maybe even that one. So in Matthew seventeen twenty. I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Okay, I'm going to have two of my other volunteers here. 
So it's going to be Samuel and Matthew. So this is going to be a test of trust. So you guys are strong, right? Okay. <laughs> so you could face each other. Well, well, actually, you, yeah. Who's who? Do you know who's stronger between the two of you? We tested it out. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you could do both. Okay. So actually. Okay. Just actually. How about you? You you can stand this way, okay? One, no, this way. Okay, yeah, face the wall. Okay, ready? Okay, you come behind him. Okay, so he's gonna fall backwards. So how far should you be be there? Oh, there. Okay. <laughs> So you're gonna you're gonna go fall backwards, right? We'll see if Samuel can catch you. All right. Okay, now you can face that wall. Okay. Do I go now? Winner. Well, you could surprise him, and he he might not be looking. <laughs> Okay, thanks, guys. So, yeah, yeah, it's a trust thing, you know. How, how much trust do we trust God? You know, sometimes it is difficult. And, you know, the disciples, yeah, being, being with Jesus almost three years, they've seen a lot, but then they, they you know, went through a lot as well. So it's kind of like, was their faith wavering here and there? It's just like, you know, we have, you know, today we have problems. Sometimes people get, you know, laid off. Some people have health issues. So how much faith or trust in God do we have? So regardless of how things appear to be hopeless, I would encourage you, you know, to continue to trust the Lord as much as we can. So as we move... Okay, so again, this was directed to the disciples. What were they going to do, and how were they going to respond? But our challenge is what or are you going to do, and what are you, how are you going to respond? So sometimes we might offend someone by our faith. We might be harassed about our faith. So what is, how, how are you supposed to deal with that? Again, it goes back to praying more, fasting more, giving up more, and serving more. So in your bulletins, you have one of these, or two of these, right? So this little guide is to share about what's happening in the next you know, couple of weeks. So we have, starting off with, Next week, Palm Sunday, then Good Friday, then, of course, Easter Sunday. So we have to be intentional and make a, you know, start up a conversation about Easter. And yes, it's scary, but that's the risk we take having our faith in Jesus. 
it will be okay. So on Friday, during our youth uh, fellowship, we had, is Sharice here? Yeah. So basically, yeah, she shared about how Christianity influenced the world. So we are to let go, to allow God to help you grow. So to how we influence the world by basically serving and helping to enrich others. So let go of what we have, you know, part of that giving up. You know, so people fast like food, right, typically, but you could fast on other things. So that was like the process of Lent. Some people give up certain things during Lent. It might be Facebook. It might be, you know, on a computer or whatever it might be. You know, you have to let go of certain things to allow God to help you grow. So, you have another worship song? Then, okay, we'll come up.